0: up there, the boost won't even talk to you because you're not a retailer. So you would just you're basically window shopping for $65. So $65, you can fly to Switzerland, pay your ticket, airfare, hotel, whatever it costs, and then just look at look at the windows.
1: Welcome to Riskful Thinking, Live Watches podcast about all things Live Watches fans, collectors, and watch freaks. I'm your host, Tom Tate, a bona fide watch freak and copywriter for Live Watches. And yes, I'm a Live Watches fan too. For those of you who are new, Live Watches is a direct-to-consumer micro-brand. Our goal is to make Swiss watch quality accessible to people around the world. We live online at www.livewatches.com. Good afternoon, Chas. Hope you're doing well today.
0: I am sunny Miami. Yeah. not be better.
1: <laughs> I had some experience with that. Well, I want to thank you for taking Hi. a few few minutes with me today to discuss Basel Basel World. Is that the right way to to pronounce it? Basel World or
0: yeah, Basel World, Basel Fair. Okay. Either one works.
1: Got it. I'd like to do two things in this interview. Number one is I'd like to get you to describe the Basel World, what it is and what it means in the watch world. Uh, this is for new Live fans and others who are not familiar with the event. And then the second thing I'd like to accomplish is explain the rationale, the reasons why Live is not attending uh, the event this year. So uh, why don't we get started with that?
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Okay, how would you describe Baselworld to someone unfamiliar with the event and its purpose?
0: So, <clears throat> Baselworld is, like the Mecca or the one gathering yeah, place. At least it was up until about uh, 15 years ago. The one place where any watch, retailer, distributor, manufacturer, and uh, watch enthusiast sometimes would come to see all the new creations for the year.
1: Cool. It goes back quite a way, doesn't
0: it? Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think the fair is probably somewhere around 60 years old. Wow. Maybe more. Wow. i have to look that up. Something like
1: that. Cool. And so, uh, what is the purpose of it? I mean, it sounds like a big industry trade event. So, uh, I mean, what is? Yeah.
0: The... Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's a trade event. Um, it's very, very glitzy. Um, you know, obviously the, the creations are very expensive. The product is an expensive product. Each brand is there to showcase not just the product, but also to showcase uh, their style. Um, the booths are huge, like, you know, multi-story wow. Some booths have elevators. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I wrote an article about it on our blog, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's completely outlandish. It's, 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 it's who's out doing the other person whose booth can be more expensive than the next person. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the event, you know, when you come in there uh you, you you know i remember the first time i went you know i was like wow i was like you know i, I love watches but this is like Escalators, I think four or five stories. At every floor that you went on, you can actually enter the booth. They wow. In the section. Yeah. Uh, completely crazy. So you could theoretically enter the booth from any floor. And that booth was actually fixed um, within the Basel World Convention Center, or whatever you want to call it. They call it the mess. Um, <laughs> uh, the mess, uh, That it was actually fixed in there. They never moved it. I'll be
1: darned. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, did it? Does this thing only open for say a week or two weeks? Is it open year round?
0: So yes, yeah, so I believe the fair used to be a nine-day show. Okay, that was a standard show. Um, over the recent years, they've uh, they've decreased the amount of days uh, because of various problems that they're having currently.
1: Got it. Yeah, I've read an article
0: Which we're about. that. It too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that kind of leads into the next set of the questions. Before we get into that, you talked about who usually attends and it's pretty much the gamut from uh, like somebody like me who is a watch collector to someone like you who's a you know CEO uh, co-founder of a watch company uh, distributors retailers wholesalers
0: um yeah and press obviously press oh, true. um um yeah all the press would be there Uh, In recent years, it's bloggers and Instagram influencers, they're there now. YouTube guys, they're all there now, obviously, but uh, yeah, it used to be like the the traditional press used to be there, they had press conferences, each brand would do a press conference, and then they had these after-hour parties that they ran for both the press as well as their distributors and retailers. Um, Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That sounds like some some pretty big uh, dollars being spent, so how do these companies benefit? from spending this outlandish, it sounds outlandish, amount of money? Um,
0: so, I mean, in, 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 you know, if you, if you go back, you know, into the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, I think that was, you know, the model did work, um, even though the brands were spending exorbitant amount of money. Um, to come to these shows, fly other people, and build these booths. Some of these booths are, you know, $10, $15 million booths. Wow. Just to put them up and put them down. is like a million dollars. Like craziness. Um, that's not including the fees that they had to pay to the Basel Fair, which is the, uh, the company that runs the show. Okay. They had to pay them, you know, rent. Some of these booths couldn't even be moved. They had to be stayed, like I said, the, the Tiffany booths stayed there all year round. So they had to pay rent all year round to have the booth up there. You know, that was the way. I mean that was basically all the retailers. If you wanted to know what was gonna be what was gonna be coming out for that year and to be available for the fourth quarter, which is obviously the biggest quarter in our in our industry, that was the place to go. You'd go there, you'd look at all the new models, place the orders. Delivery, let's say August, well, September, or October, somewhere around that area.
1: Okay, interesting. So, how do watch buyers benefit? I mean, the regular people. Obviously, the folks who go in—I'm not talking about the people who buy for stores. Uh, you Pretty much covered that. Um, but, like, just a regular watch buyer, how do they benefit?
0: Yeah. So, I think I—I I think well, that's the problem that they're having now. Is that there, 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 there is no benefit. Other than the buyer um, looking looking at uh, you know looking in the news and seeing what's going on, like sort of like their the launch of the new products, Um, there is no benefit for the show itself. Uh, There's a couple problems with the show, you know, for many reasons. Well, first of all, I would say that that one of the one of the biggest problems that they have is that the 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 internet changed everything. So and so, for example, all messages in the past. You needed to go through the press. You needed to go through the retailers. That All the messaging went through either press or retailers. Those are the two avenues or the venues in where uh, a, a brand who introduced new product could convey their message would be through those two through okay. those two channels. And now the internet came along, and that changed that. So now there's, there's an unlimited amount of ways people can get their, get their information from, and that is also true – So if a retailer wants to know what's new, they don't don't necessarily need to show up to the Basel Fair. They can just theoretically get the catalog of what's new. They can make the choices if they want to look and feel. Maybe their sales rep comes to the store and looks at it. So it's changing not just from a consumer standpoint, also from a retailer standpoint. But the consumer really, really never benefited from the fair itself, and it still does until today. They've also made the fair, you know, even if you were a watch enthusiast, for example, and you wanted to come to the fair, you wanted to get, you know, that whole aura of this mecca of watch of watchmaking, and uh, you wanted to see these outlandish booths, and you wanted to go in there. I mean, it's 65 Swiss francs to get into the show. Wow. $65. So, yeah. Okay. And, it, you know, in the past, they had 2,000 exhibitors. So, if you wanted to, I mean... I mean, you, there's no way you can see 2,000 exhibitors, but let's say you had on your list of, let's say, once let's say you got 150 brands that you wanted to see or you want to just browse around, you need to, a couple of days, you're not going to travel to Switzerland just go for one day, so it's two, three days, and now you're, it, it's money. You, yeah. start getting it, you start getting, it starts it starts costing money, and you can't really buy anything. So you're just showing up there. The booth won't even talk to you because you're not a retailer. So you were just you're basically window shopping for sixty five dollars. So sixty five dollars you can fly to Switzerland, pay your ticket, airfare, hotel, whatever it costs, and then just look at look at the windows. Like you, you can't touch and feel, they won't talk to you. They yeah. won't let you into the booth. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, like the electronic shows or some of the other shows and we're like the product out there for the for the consumer to actually touch and feel. You can't touch and feel anything very snobby the whole the whole process is extremely extremely what we call in French like bourgeois like very you know like you you were here, you're there you should thank god you know you should encounter your lucky star that you're maybe uh, even led you into the into the show
1: well, I guess i'm gonna take I'll take that off my list of uh watch things to do. <laughs> I always thought yeah, it'd be well, it would be great.
0: It, it's off your list anyway because they're, they're slowly dying.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so that kind of what's in the future for Basel World? I think you you answered that. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to adapt to the new uh, – obviously, they've got huge I, I fixed don't, assets. I, I don't
0: – yeah, so – just saw recently some article um, that uh, the fair, meaning the company that runs the fair, the management company yep. as a whole, and I'm not saying they, they, this, is, this is contributing solely, solely from the Basel fair, from the watch fair, they lost $190 million last year.
1: Wow. Wow
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they lost $190 million, the company. So I don't even know. I don't know what they're, what, how they turned that around. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's – not, you know, things are progressing so fast that in, not just in terms of, of what's going on in the watch industry, not in terms of what's going on with the watches, but in terms of the way, the way things are handled, the way the consumer thinks of things, the way – you know, just, just – I mean, think about it. Ten years ago, even though we had, we had the internet, I mean, people weren't comfortable buying watches online, and now they are. Yeah. They just are. They're more they're comfortable buying watches online. They're comfortable buying, what, buying cars online. There, 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 there's a lot of content that, that people can read up and they're just not interested, you know, um, you know, my wife just got a minivan, um, and, uh, and you know, the dealer just delivered it to the car, to the house, you know, they delivered the car to the house to pick up the old car. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the new way of doing things. People are just not, they're not going, you know, people, I mean, of course, you know, sometimes you want to touch and feel, um, the product and uh, obviously a watch, you want to try it on. Right. Uh, but people are more comfortable with buying online, and if they if if they if they have a good return policy, uh, if they're not happy with it, they throw it back into the box and they return it. People do it with Amazon all day long. They buy stuff on Amazon. If they don't like it, they throw it into the box and they return it. That's why they, they feel comfortable buying on Amazon, and even though you know they they might not even price shop because they just buy things online. They just, it's more comfortable. It's just more comfortable. People just don't have time. You know, it's yeah. interesting. You know, we thought technology would make our lives easier. It just made our lives more complicated, and we just, we end up having less time. So, yeah, so I don't know how they, to get back to your question, I don't know how they recuperate from this. I think no matter what model they come up with, um, I think, it, 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 I just don't see it. I mean, um If they want, I mean, if they turn it into an auction, maybe there there was some talk. I heard somebody talking about maybe they should turn it into like an auction where like they would auction off some of these high end pieces. People would come want to see the auctions of these high end pieces. Or like, you know, when I say high end pieces, I mean like. High end vintage stuff.
1: Okay. Uh, like
0: Sotheby's or Christie's can come. There's some talk about that. Uh, but ultimately, I think they need to make it really, really accessible for the for the regular person to come in there. Um, they sh- entrance fee should be more than five Swiss francs.
1: At right. All. Wow.
0: I mean, if someone's interested in watches, they shouldn't have to pay a lot. And they have to they have to open it up to some of the smaller. I mean, I again, I don't even know if it's viable. Like for us, I don't think we'd ever do it. Uh, but an idea would be, let's say, for them to open it up for for the regular person to come in, and then allow the the let's say smaller brands to come in at a very reasonable price, make it very attractive for them to come in, and allow them to sell direct to the consumer. Yeah. So, in other words, Live would have, let's say, their offerings for the 2019 or 2020 um, season, and then people could come in, touch and feel, place their orders, either pick up their watch right then and there, if it's available right then and there, or, or pre-order right then and there, um, and, and pay for the product or down payment or whatever you want to call it, but allow people to actually, smaller brands to come in there and do business. You know, we're not interested in retailers. You know, we, you know, our model is direct to the consumer. We want to have a direct connection with our fans. We want to, we want to have that, that un, that the, the, the brand identity should never be cut off by a middle person. Yeah. We want our message to be direct from us, direct to the fan. Yeah, no delusion. So yeah, there's no delusion. And, uh, and it allows us for, you know, a couple of things. First of all, it gives us, it gives us the ability to sell watches at an accessible price. Pricing out there that you see out there. I mean, we're building we're building the same product, if not better, in some cases, in a lot of cases. And the product is literally a third of the price. Sometimes even a, sometimes even less than that. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at looking at some of the new offerings, some of the brands. And I won't mention names, but it, and I'm looking. What's the price of that? Like, did you really just say that? Like, seriously? <laughs> like, what, what, where where is the value and what, and what 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 the end watch lover is buying? Where is the value? Yeah. Just, it's just crazy. I mean, up to a certain point, you, know, you could say, okay, we're we're a big brand. We've been around since two. two three, we've been around for two hundred and fifty years or whatever it is. But there's up to that. After that, I mean, they're playing the game. They're re- they're releasing very few models. In other words, they're they're restricting their their production, and they cause this artificial um, uh, how do you call it hype and artificial pricing that just drives up drives the pricing crazy.
1: So they're building it's, exclusivity uh, by limited demand and reputation. Perhaps.
0: No, they're they're just they're basically creating a high demand and they're limiting production. Wow! So now you know if you want to watch some of these brands, you have to get on a waiting list and stuff like that. You know, but that's their model. Their model is to charge high prices, reduce the production. That you know, you, you want. You know, when we do something uh, similar, we don't limit the production. We produce based on, you know, what what our needs are. But we limit the production based on, like, limited editions. So, basically, we say we're going to produce, let's say, 500 of these. We produce 500, and we move on to the next watch.
1: Right. That's kind of cool, too. Because when you think how many yeah. people can buy a watch, and, like, uh, if I want a live watch, and I, only, I know that there's only 500 made, well, that's, like... One in a million people would have the watch. That's pretty exclusive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know the the brands need to figure out themselves what they're going to do. Um, a lot of these brands are built in in, in a very um, old style, old fashioned uh, kind of layering, and where they have uh, you know they have they still have their distributors, they still have their their retailers, right. and they have all these different, and which causes them to you know they have to they each 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 piece in that needs a piece of the puzzle like they need a piece of the action (laughs) each one of them needs do you know what i'm saying yeah the distributor needs x and this guy needs x and needs x and then retail goes high and then the consumer is now looking around the smart consumer and they see that there's other options there's other options there's smaller brands that are now able to penetrate the market they're able to convey their message they're able to create unique boutique style products high quality and they they have a very a very, very strong emphasis on 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 connecting with their fans and like, that's live what i 'm talking about yeah. basically and and these brands are are not built that way they're built the old traditional way, and they're, they're going to find it a very hard time to transition, but eventually they'll realize that their model is not the right model, and they're going to have to figure out what to do. They have very high retail, very high retails, crazy retails
1: no kidding and
0: what they do is they they, they they then they then and I know the business quite well. They then over, they then produce with these high retails because they have to produce they have to give the retail stores then the stores don't sell because people are going online and they're finding new products and they're finding or they're finding the, they're finding the product cheaper somewhere else they don't buy from the retail store anymore. They come to the retail store to try it on, then they go buy online. Wow. And then they, then you have all this product out there, and now they can't sell. So then they they push it out the back door. They find ways to push it out the back door. I, I dealt in that business for a very long time. I understand how the brands work.
1: Wow. You know they
0: create these high retails, and then you go onto other websites, and you can find the this, this same product for twenty five, or thirty, or forty. So where's the what's the retail? What is the real retail? Yeah. You, know, you can buy it when everybody's selling it at twenty five, thirty off. Of course, I'm not talking about the the Rolexes and the Pateks of the world. But I'm talking about the the other brands.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, you've kind of. Uh, Dug into the, the second part about it is uh, I'll summarize some of the notes I had here. Obviously, the reasons you guys uh, live watches didn't pr- participate in the 2019 is number one, it's not a, a good fit for your model, direct to consumer. Uh, it's expensive, right? I mean, I don't know how much it would cost you to go if you could uh, to exhibit.
0: But you know, you know, you're talking about you're talking about maybe a million dollars to go there.
1: So I guess that would jack up the price of the next limited edition lib, right? <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean it just it's 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 an expense. for still, you know, we're not we're, not, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for us. You know, we look we you know we have to look at every dollar that we spend. Like how is how is it helping the brand? How is it helping you know our end user? How is it helping our fan? Right. And if it doesn't have a. Deck, Any dollar that we spend needs to be in one place. Product, product, product. That's where it needs to be. It needs to be in new products, developing new products, and bringing in new people to find these products. And the Basel world and the Basel Fair doesn't doesn't even come close to that. There's no, you know, if if I had a million dollars to write a check, I'd write it to charity <laughs> <laughs>
1: well Basel World uh, may you know become a saying? charity, right?
0: <laughs> let's lay, let's let's find let's find ways to cure some some diseases out there. I mean, this is a total this is a total waste of money. It's like just ridiculous just throwing money into in, into in, into the air well wow. floating around. but you know the 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 big brands um, and the traditional brands um, they i mean listen, the fear. Is dying it has nothing to do with live. I mean, live is it, you know, we're not the reason that the Basel fair is dying. The Basel fair is dying because the model doesn't work. Right. And it does not just it does just work to live. It's starting to not work for some of the traditional brands. They're yeah. getting smart. They're understanding that it doesn't make sense. So. Um, I, I don't see a way out. Apparently today they're supposed to come up with some kind of uh, new reiteration of the of the fair, where they're going to come up with some kind of I don't I don't know. They could come up with some ideas. Apparently all the press had to sign like NDAs, uh, oh. non disclosures, to, to find out what the new what the new um, what the new Basel fair is going to be for, for 2020. But I cannot imagine what they're going to come up with. Listen, if they come up with something, great. And and, and and they could somehow make this work. It would be unbelievable, because I do think there's a place for for there is a place for having all the watch companies coming together and having all the watch lovers coming together, having all the retailers let them all come. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think the card model doesn't work. If they could somehow make that happen and make and make it viable for both the brands and make it viable for them, themselves, because they also, they're also they losing money. Right. Um, Godspeed. I hope it works out. I don't see it, but if they could pull something out of their hat and make it happen, that would be amazing.
1: Excellent. Well, it's kind of, they almost have to become like the consumer electronics show. I mean, everybody comes, everything is available. You can go and see it and try it. I don't know if you can actually buy something there. I've never been. But it sounds like you add that into the mix. I mean, even the little guys, uh, little companies would go to the CES if they've got something cool to show. So, uh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that for, for to bring the small brands in
0: there, if they want to bring the small brands in there, they're going to have to allow those brands to sell right out the door.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: They have to. Because the small brands cannot like be busy taking orders for delivering as they need you know, the small brand needs to be able to go there and say, okay, I'm going to meet X amount of fans. I'm going to sell X amount of watches. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something there. Right. You can't just say like fluff, like fluff. I'm going to I'm going to show up there, stand around there, and, and talk to people for, 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 for six days for a million dollars. That's not going to work. They're going to have to make it very, very attractive for smaller brands to come in, almost like giving it away for free. Say, let's come, guys, guys, come in here. I'll give you, the, we'll give you this whole section. We'll make it work. We're going to open it up, five Swiss francs to come into the, into the, um, into the fair. Let's get more people to come in here and, and, and try to work it that way. Maybe add like, like I think uh, someone mentioned, I forgot who, someone mentioned about doing about the auctions, having a lot of auctions. Also, maybe the Basel Fair should be like a traveling kind of fair where it every, every year or maybe every other year it's in a different place. That's a cool idea.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that was a cool idea. Because I understand yeah. Basel itself, Basel, Switzerland, is rather industrial. It's not the glamour spot of Switzerland. Uh, it's,
0: uh, it's, uh, no, nah, there's nothing there. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a nice city. It's got a little river coming through it. It's um, There's nothing there. The only thing that there is the fair.
1: Wow. So it sounds like uh, you just described what would need to happen for uh, Liv to participate. Uh, in the meantime, for that fantasy, it takes... Flight, they can find out about you guys at livewatches.com. Is that the best place to?
0: That's correct, yeah. So we're livewatches. Um, for those of you who don't know who we are, uh, I launched the brand uh, in 2014. Um, the concept started a couple of years earlier, uh, and uh, we launched on Kickstarter, which is, a, which is perfect for us uh, to create a new type of brand or the new type of product specifically in the areas where most of the Swiss brands vacated. They don't like that area. They don't like that $500 to $1,000 range. Um, They all vacated that area. They thought it it wasn't attractive for them. I don't think they could be there anyways. hundred dollars that's our that's our price range and we're making uh, swiss watches also german-made watches as well uh in uh using uh um, swiss movements we're using uh ronda movements we're using Salita movements we're using ETA movements uh everything we make is with sapphire crystals and uh if you go online and look at our reviews we have five-star reviews for all our products these are from real people people that love our product they continue to come back they buy Multiple watches from us. They love our motto. They love the way we interact with them. They love the connection that we're creating with them. Uh, the great thing about having this, this very, very close connection with our fans is that we get a lot of feedback. So we're continuously working to upgrade our products and make the watches even better than they were before. And this is something that the big brands, I think, are very reluctant to do also. I think they're very reluctant to take feedback to the people that wear their watches. I feel like they're like, here's the watch, wear it, I'll tell you what to do. Oh. And our is very different our model is tell us what do you like what you don't like more importantly I want to hear what you don't like so we can we can fix this well we it's um, it right 100% but uh, but obviously we're doing something right because we have a huge fan base and the fan base is uh, is, 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 is very very dedicated to uh, to the brand
1: well that's that's uh, an amazing business model uh, I spent many years in an industry that sounds like the watch or the old model. We make it, you take it, our way or no way. Uh and right. Livs uh Liv watches and models sounds a whole lot more appealing. Uh and I have my first Liv watch. And a
0: new consumer. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, uh,
1: I'm going to get another or and another. Well, don't let my wife hear that.
0: <laughs> no, no, of course not. I'll hook you up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The great, the, 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 the new consumer, they're scared, They're so much smarter. They're just not willing to, to buy things based on the, um, you know, when they see like a, like a celebrity endorsement, you know, we, we, we've done a colli- We do a colli- We did just a collaboration with a guy named TJ Eisenhart. Oh, I think, I think you interviewed him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and the, Collaboration, so here's a guy, he's an all-American dude, um, professional um, uh, uh, bike rider, cycling, and uh, the guy he's got, you know, obviously he's super, super talented on the bike, but he's also, he's an artist, he's he's got a a great story behind him, and, you know, these are the kind of collaborations that we like to do, we like to do something that people, you know, someone who's not just a big name celebrity, but someone who's going to contribute to, let's say, creating a new watch, we work with them in partnership and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, it's not like this fake, you know, where you have these these big brands where they pay these celebrities millions of dollars and these, these celebrities would never wear this watch if it wasn't for the fact that they're getting a big check. Wow. And the consumer realizes that. The new consumer is smart enough to realize that they're not going to be driven by these celebrity endorsements. They're just not going to do it. They want to buy a product that they find that they have a connection with the brand. And they're not going to be driven by big name celebrities. And I feel like a lot of the big brands still do that. They still think that the consumer is um, is foolish enough to say, hey, if this guy's to wear it, I want to be like that guy. It's just the, the, the consumer is so much more independent. The new consumer is, is they're less of a follower. They they want to lead. They want to be unique. They want to be different. They don't just want to follow some brand who tells them, hey, you need to wear this. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think live. Is is in a great position in that sense to take advantage of the new consumer.
1: Well, when
0: I say take advantage, I mean.
1: No, I, I understand.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that could be taken a, a couple <laughs> what of ways,
0: they're couldn't they're it? Doing. They're taking advantage, and uh, we're we're here to, <laughs> to say, hey, listen, guys, you don't need to follow the big celebrities you can find a unique brand that you love you feel like you have a connection with that's creating a quality product boutique brands small quantities something unique something different not that everybody else has
1: yeah you know and what I, uh, it really appeals to me and i've uh i've never been starstruck in terms of celebrities eh, you know that's fine but just because they do it uh that has to my knowledge has never influenced the purchase decision so but yeah, a lot of people really are, you know. So, yep. Well, this is great. I really appreciate your time, Chaz. And uh, good luck great with the, the, the brand. Uh, like I said, my, my first one is an absolutely amazing watch. and
0: uh, Thank I, you so much. Thanks for being a fan.
1: Hey, uh, I'll continue to be. And uh, you guys keep up uh, the work, turning out these great watches. And uh, we'll talk more in another time.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day.
1: That wraps up this edition of Bristful Thinking. You can learn about our amazing Swiss-made limited edition premium watches at prices that won't break the bank at www.livewatches.com. Get social with us, too, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by, you guessed it, searching for Live Watches. That's L-I-V Watches. Buy a watch, become a fan, and tune in for more. Until then, it's riskful thinking for us.